Good morning, Valley Church. Let me try that again. Good morning, Valley Church. Oh, much, much better. Makes me feel like everybody is alive and awake. And God's been doing such amazing things these last couple of weeks. It's like I was thinking we could just end up having a testimony service this morning, but we're not. Uh, I got a word that I really feel strongly to share with you. I've been working for studying for about two and a half weeks in the first six books of Daniel. And I feel like that's what we will be hearing this morning. Uh, how many people were at the men's barbecue Friday night? It was pretty awesome, wasn't it? Man, that was uh, a good night, a good meeting, good food, good fellowship. Just a good night all around. And I'm going to refer back to that, uh, hopefully, before the end of my message. Uh, some things that took place there were pretty incredible while I was there. And I had to leave early to go. Uh, the plan was to go to the airport and pick up some friends that are here from Mexico, uh, sitting on the front row right there. So, yes, welcome to them. Uh, Got a question to throw out here as we get started. Uh, a singular governing, you know there's some things that actually trigger problems on YouTube now if you use like some wrong phrases and some, some wrong words. So I'm just going to ask this question and somebody out there can answer it. But a singular governing authority over all the civilized inhabitants of the earth. What would you call that? Probably start with one. Yeah, there we go. Okay, yes, that. Um, there was, back in the days of Daniel, a king who had incredible power and incredible authority and ruled kind of with, a, with an iron fist. His name was Nebuchadnezzar. Very, very powerful king of Babylon. And he came as he was expanding his kingdom, moving his tent pegs out, uh, and, and <clears throat> into Jerusalem and besieged Jerusalem. And he ended up taking some things from, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, he took a bunch of, uh, a bunch of people, especially the, the really good ones, the good-looking young men. And some of the treasurers from the house of God. And as this is where I want to start the story, after he had besieged Jerusalem, robbed the temple, took a bunch of the stuff from the temple, and went through and chose the best of the people that he wanted to come to serve his kingdom. He had done that. And, and here's what he was looking for, verse 4 get this started, young men in whom there was no blemish, good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge, quick to understand. It's like, man, that's the description right there for the man you're looking for to marry, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Who had the ability to serve in the king's palace 
and whom they might be able to teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. The king appointed for them, after he's got them, brought them in, and basically they're taken prisoners. Everybody got that? They have been taken, they've been removed from their home, they've been taken into Babylon, and the king has appointed the nicest-looking, most intelligent ones of them to be serving in his palace. So are you all with me so far? These are the ones. They're in captivity. And he appointed for them, because they are something special, they're really good-looking, they're smart, they have amazing ability, and he appointed for them a daily provision of his delicacies. In other words, they would be able to eat the same things that he's eating, drink the same wine that he's drinking, and then he has prescribed three years of training for them so that at the end of that time, they might really be able to serve the king and serve him well. Now, from among those, the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah commonly known by all of the rest of us as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. To them, the chief of the eunuchs gave names. He named them Belteshazzar, which was Daniel's name, but fortunately, we get to keep his name through most of it. But the others we know by their name, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but their names were Hananiah, Shadrach, and Mashael. So, those names having been switched, the king appointed what he wanted them fed. It was to be fed like he was fed, but Daniel. Everybody say, but Daniel. The title of my message this morning, I believe, is going to be, but God. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which the king drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. So Daniel made it very clear right out the get-go, right out the gate, when they're trying to serve him this amazing food, the same delicacies that the king feasts on, and the same wine that the king is drinking, and Daniel said, yeah, no, 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 I'm not willing to defile myself. It's like, that's pretty amazing right there, isn't it? There's a scripture from the New Testament that really stands out to me, and that's Romans 12, 2, that says, don't conform, don't be conformed to the standards of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's like, so Daniel took a stand. Right? It's like, you know, he's in captivity. We have to kind of try to put ourselves there. I've thought about this a lot. He was in captivity serving a king that has incredible power who is trying to serve him this stuff, which should be a treat. So that's going to be quite an insult to the king, wouldn't you say? Thank you. So... Daniel says, no. Well, the chief of the eunuchs says, oh, ooh, you know what? I don't think that that's going to be an option. The king has offered this to you. That's what he wants. And I think that's what you're going to need to do. And he said, well, give, us a, give me a 10-day trial period where I can just eat the stuff that I want to eat or that the Lord has directed me to eat. 
And at the end of that 10 days, if we're not doing at least as well as everyone that's on this diet, then let's talk about it again. And so the eunuch finally decides, you know, we can do that. So this is what's happened. They've gone on something that uh, we now refer to as a Daniel fast. Pretty interesting. And that's what they're living on for this 10 days. But verse 17 or verse 15, at the end of the 10 days, their countenance appeared to be better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. It's like, hmm. Thus, the steward took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were supposed to drink, and he just gave them vegetables. As for these young men, verse 17, these four young men, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, God gave them knowledge, skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. And where did they get that knowledge? Where do they get the knowledge? God-given knowledge, wisdom, skill, and the ability and understanding, the ability to interpret dreams. Now, that's where this really begins to get interesting because this king has... going to go down to reverse more things about them. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them to be ten times better than all the magicians astrologer, and astrologers that were in his realm. So the wise men, sorcerers, magicians, astrologers, referred to as wise men a little bit further on. So the king's wise men, these four were found to be... Ten times better than all the magicians, astrologers, basically the wise men. Now in the second year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and he was really troubled in this dream. So what he did, uh, verse 2, then the king gave command to the magicians, astrologers, sorcerers, again I'll say the wise men, and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. So they came and stood before him, and the king said to him, I have a, I've had a dream. My spirit's anxious to know the dream. And the Chaldeans spoke to the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we'll give you the interpretation. That's difficult enough, it would seem. But the king answered and said to them, My decision is firm. If you do not make known the dream to me and its interpretation, you will be cut into pieces, and your houses will be made an ash heap. If you don't tell me what I dreamed, I'm going to cut you into pieces and burn your house down. That would just kind of make you not want to be a wise man, a magician, or a sorcerer right there, wouldn't it? It's like, run, forest, run. <laughs> however, however, if, well, and this is the biggest word right here, however, if, You tell the dream and its interpretation. You'll receive from me gifts, rewards, and great honor. Therefore, tell me the dream and its interpretation. They answered him again and said, Oh, king, (laughs) Um, tell your servants what the dream is, and we'll give you its interpretation. And the king answered and said, I know for certain that you would gain time because you see 
that my decision is firm. If you do not make known the dream to me, there's only one decree for you. You have agreed to speak lying and corrupt words before me till the time has changed. Therefore, tell me the dream, and I shall know that you can then give me the interpretation. So, that's pretty firm right there, wouldn't you say? You're not getting off that easy. You're going to have to tell me the dream. So they answered the king and said, There is not a man on earth who can tell the king's matter. Therefore, no king, lord, or ruler has ever asked such a stupid thing of anybody. Has never asked such things of any magician, astrologer, or Chaldean. It's a difficult thing that the king requires, and there's no other who can tell it to the king except the gods whose dwelling is not in flesh. For this reason, the king was very angry, very furious, and he gave him a command to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. So he was ticked off, really ticked off. Troubled by the dream, wants somebody to, but he's a savvy enough king that he goes, well, everybody's just going to guess at this. But if you can tell me what the dream was, there is no guessing involved here. So the decree went out, and they began killing the wise men. And they sought Daniel and his companions to kill them. You know, that's a bad day. A really bad day. But Daniel, with great wisdom, uh, answered Arioch, the, the, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to begin killing the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said, Arioch, king's captain, why is this decree from the king so urgent? And Arioch made the decision known to Daniel. So Daniel went in, asked the king. So Daniel has already found favor with the king. He went in and asked the king, can you give me a little time that I might tell the king the interpretation? Then, so the king obviously gave him a little bit of time to be able to not only interpret the dream, but to know what the dream was. Then Daniel went to his house made the decision known to Hananiah, Mashiel, Mashael, and Azariah, his companions. I think here's, here's a great example of Old Testament for intercessor, intercessors and a prayer team. It's like, okay, it's, this is not just me. Let's pray about this together, guys. Now, it's amazing what the Lord's been doing here in, in Valley Church. Uh, the healings that we're getting to see. It's so awesome to have Dale Davis back in church this morning. <laughs> Pastor Rich, probably he should be back tomorrow, but he was taken into emergency with a restricted uh, artery in his heart. They put a stent and said he's feeling just great. So we were praying for him diligently yesterday. So God answers prayers. Intercessors, prayer team. That they might seek mercies from God of heaven concerning this secret so that Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then, everybody say then. The secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. 
It's like, oh, thank God for those night visions. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, blessed be the name of God forever and forever. This is something that's so incredibly important in our lives that we give credit to Almighty God and that we bless him and that we pray to him and that we thank him. Enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are whose? His. He changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what's in the darkness, and light dwells with him. I thank you and I praise you, O God of my fathers. You've given me the wisdom and might and have now made known to me what we asked of you. Every time that we have an answered prayer, and even when we don't yet have an answered prayer, we just thank the God of heavens. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for you've made known to us the king's demand. Therefore, Daniel went to him and said, hey, you know, I I got the answer. I've got the answer. Um, So Daniel went. He shared it with, with the king. He told him, just exactly what he had dreamed, and that's not so important that we get into all of the detail of that, but at the end, verse 32, chapter 2, verse 32, uh, the image's head was talking about what, what, what he, Nebuchadnezzar, had seen in this dream was a big image for one thing, and so this is part of the dream. The image's head was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. And this is what he is, Daniel is saying to Nebuchadnezzar, you watched while a stone, what do you say, a stone? A stone. Yeah, you watched while a stone was cut out without hands which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them to pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed together, became like chaff from the summer threshing floors. The wind carried them away so that no trace of them was even found. And the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Hmm. This is the dream. Now, some of the interpretation. You, O king, are the king of kings. For the God of heaven, let me say the God of heaven, has given you a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. So how did Nebuchadnezzar get that? From the God of heaven. So Daniel has been given this gift to actually glorify the Lord. You, O king, are the king of kings, for God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. And wherever the children of men dwell, or the beasts of the field and the birds of heaven, 
He has given them into your hand, has made you ruler over them all. It's like, man, so we are talking one, one ruler, one governor, one king over all of the known civilized world, right? It's like, wow, who ruled with an iron fist. He's given them into your hand and has made you ruler over them all. You are this head of gold. So he was the one who was the golden head of this thing that, that Daniel saw in the dream. So after he's told him all this, after he shared all this, and told him that he has kingdom, he has power, and that the God of heaven has given that to him, We'll skip down to uh, verse 44. Now, I'm going to move faster. I'm going to go to verse 45. Inasmuch as you saw that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, the gold, the great God has made known to the king, the great God, the one God, our God, almighty God, has made known to the king what will come to pass after this. The dream is certain and its interpretation is sure. King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face, prostrate before Daniel, and commanded that they should present an offering and incense to him. To him who? Daniel. The king answered Daniel and said, Truly your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings, and revealer of secrets, since you could reveal this secret. Then the king promoted Daniel and gave him many great gifts, and he made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon, chief administrator over all the wise men of Babylon. And Daniel petitioned the king, and he set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the providence of Babylon. And Daniel sat in the gate of the king. So how did he get such favor? Because he was able to interpret the dream. And how did he interpret the dream? Because God gave him that gift. Isn't it amazing when we, when, when, when God has given us any of the ability to hear from him like words of knowledge and share those words of knowledge over someone and how sometimes shocking it is when someone receives a word of knowledge that has come directly from God and they go, how did you know that? How could you possibly know that? That has to be God. Well, after he did all this, this, this promoting and this amazing things, the incredible word that came to him, you know, you are king, you're going to be king of all, all anything living, you're king over all of it. Man, and you are the golden head. Sometimes we can misinterpret what's been given to us. A word, so what did he do? He went and had this monster statue of him made out of gold from head to toe, and then said, now everybody's going to need to worship me. 
Isn't that crazy what happens with our authority and gold? <laughs> it's like, now everybody's going to worship me. So I want you to go and make this through all of the land that anyone and everyone, when they hear all of this music fire up, that they are going to bow down and worship this golden image of me. Isn't that crazy what happens after having this encounter with God that only a man of God could end up speaking that all of a sudden the power and authority has gone to his head? Does this make sense? It's crazy though, isn't it? Crazy to think that even after, let's just say you've received a supernatural healing, and rather than submitting your life to God because something incredible has happened, you go on thinking, oh, well, I'm healed now so I can do whatever I want. I now have the power to do what I want again, and you step right back into where you were. How many times have you seen that? Over and over and over. It's like God gives us gifts for his glory to draw people to himself and we turn around and misuse for our own glory if we're not very very cautious attentive and keeping our eyes on him so after he's done this and he's made this declaration that everyone will worship me when the music begins to play fall down on their face and worship me well what do you suppose happens next to these gentlemen that will not bow down that will not change around to the standards to conform to the standards that are set forth before them from the world that they live in they say yeah mm. The music fired up, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they say, nope, we won't do that. We won't do that. He's furious. He is absolutely furious. Are you kidding me? I, I, I've elevated these guys. I've promoted these guys, and now they will not follow my commands. So in his fury, he calls on them, calls them in, and he says, I'm just... We're not going to go through all of the verses that, well, yeah, you go ahead and put them up. <laughs> I'm just going to talk through them instead of reading all of them. I'm starting to run out of time already. Instead of, instead of them bowing down like they were supposed to, which they have been so promoted, they have received all kinds of gifts, they have all kinds of authority, so they would have almost, you would think, every reason to do this one little thing that he's requested, wouldn't you? Would you be willing to do that? No. Oh, good. A whole bunch of no's right there. So. so they were taken before the king himself. And here's what the king has to say to them. The flute has played. I'm going to give you one more chance. One more chance to do this. And, and, uh, and they won't. They say, yeah, no, thank you. And he says, who then? This would be... Chapter 3, the second half, or the very end of verse 15. He says, Who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? I've been given all power. I've been given all authority. I am the authority on this earth at this time. 
Who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said, O king, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Because if that's the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us. From the burning, fiery furnace, he will deliver us. So they're going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. That's, that's the fate of anyone that's not willing to do what he's called out. They're going to be thrown in a fiery furnace. And he's mad enough at these guys because they made this statement. And in verse 18, it says, But if not, in other words, if our God does not deliver us, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you've set up. Let it be known, this ain't happening. He was furious, full of fury. The expression on his face changed. I can't believe that you guys are being so obstinate here. Had the furnace heated up seven times more than usual. And he commanded men of valor to throw them in. So they threw him in the furnace, coats, cloaks, turbans, shoes, sandals. The furnace was made extremely, extremely hot. So hot, in fact, that the mighty men that threw him in the furnace, it killed them. That's hot. That's hot. But these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Everybody say, they fell down in the middle of the furnace. They were in that fire, and it killed the people that threw them in there. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. He rose in haste and spoke, saying to the counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of that fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king, look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. They're not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar, I think this is just incredible, that the fourth in New King James translation is like the Son of God. So who was faithful to be with those men right in the midst of the fire? Jesus. Jesus walking with them in the fire, protecting them from that fire. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the fiery furnace, and he spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. Come here. And they minded him this time. <laughs> then they said... Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire, and the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together, and they saw these men. So all of the witnesses gathered around them. They saw them on whose bodies the fire had no power. No power. None. The hair of their head wasn't singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not even on them. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel, and he delivered his servants who trusted in him. 
delivered his servants who delivered his servants who yes delivered his servants who fully trusted in him to the point of being willing to be thrown into the fiery furnace because of the faith that they had that their God would save them. I think we're in a crazy, crazy time right now when you look all, all around the world thinking, wow, what, 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 what? We've had conversations before among some of the staff like, well, would you be willing to end up dying for Jesus if it came down to it? I think that's a question we all could just ask ourselves right now. It's like, yeah, well, where would I be? What, would I? Would I? Would I be willing to give up my life rather than to worship something other than the God of all creation? I think that's a question that, uh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one, and it has taken me many, 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 many years to end up coming to the place where I do firmly, truly believe that He is my Savior, He is my salvation, He is the God who protects me, and in Him there is, is no guile. So I believe that if, I think Paul puts it in a way that he says, you know, to die is to gain, but to live, I am going to be here to help the rest of you basically. To die is to go be with Jesus. What a choice, huh? Yeah, I should do something really crazy. Say, okay, all that would be willing, raise their hand. So, he says that <clears throat> will worship nobody except their own God. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego <clears throat> will be cut to pieces. Their houses will be made an ash heap because there is no other God who can deliver like this. <laughs> Then what happened to them for their abstinence? They were promoted again. <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar then says, To all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, king of the earth right here, peace be multiplied to you. I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders. Listen, we're looking at Old Testament right here. Is this not pretty amazing? When we... Peace be multiplied to you. I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that Most High God has worked for me. Worked for Him so He would receive God to be His Lord and Savior. How great are His signs. How mighty are His works. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. His dominion is from generation to generation. It's like, oh my goodness, this is Old Testament right here. I'm going to just skip to three more verses, and then I, I'm going to cruise through these last 15 minutes to, uh, to make something that I feel is a very significant and important point. But 
Uh, verse 8, chapter 4, verse 8. The very end of it, this, it says, In him, speaking of Daniel, but at last Daniel came before me. This is the king. His name is Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God. <laughs> In him is the spirit of the holy God. It's like, oh, Spirit of God living in Daniel, what's giving him the wisdom, the guts, the authority to do what he has done. Recognized in him is the Spirit of the Holy God. Verse 9, where he goes down, uh, <clears throat> Daniel Balshazadar. Uh, Belshazzar, chief of the magicians. So Daniel is the chief of all of the wise men because, and, and him saying, because I know that the spirit of the holy God is in you, is in you, Daniel. And we go to uh, the second half of verse 17. It says, the most high, this is, this is him, this is Nebuchadnezzar speaking, that the most high rules in the kingdom of men. And he gives it to whomever he will. Is that not incredible that he finally received the revelation after the signs and wonders that God is the God of creation, the God who puts kings in places. And then in the, the, the very end of verse 18, he says, But you are able, for the Spirit of God is in you. I just say that this morning. You are able because the Spirit of God is in you. Let's just say that together. I am able because the Spirit of God is in me. Switching over even to... Uh, Chapter 5, again, verse 11. There is a man in your kingdom. This is another king, king number 3 after uh, Nebuchadnezzar. There's a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy God. And in the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, were found in him. Verse 4, ah, speaking one of the, the other, let's see, king, it doesn't matter which king. I've heard of you, Daniel, that the Spirit of God is in you, and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom are found in you. Is that good stuff? Old Testament good stuff. Spirit of God living in. Okay, I want to revisit now that the rock that was cut out of the, the rock that was cut out. I have <clears throat> felt, heard, uh, kind of got a, a bit of a down, I'll just call it a download, and I just started listening about rock. What, <clears throat> what's a rock mean? Refer to in, in, in the Bible as we look, and I just think of... Several places that I just thought very quickly, even this morning, rock, <clears throat> rock as a pillow. You know that Jacob, when, when, when he left and, and started out on his journey, first night out, and when he was uh, sleeping under the stars, 
He grabbed a rock for a pillow. It said very clearly that he, a rock for his head to lay on, a rock for a pillow. And it's like, wow. Jacob rested his head on a rock and then had the very spiritual dream that God gave him about, you know, the angels coming up and down and, and then that dream that he had as he was resting his head on a rock for a pillow. Uh, David used a rock as a weapon to slay the giant. Jesus says, well, even in Matthew, it says the wise men built his house upon the rock. So we use the rock as a foundation. And, and, and Jesus said to Peter, on this rock... I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus, this was the rock, the stone that the builders rejected, has become the cornerstone. Jesus as the rock. Moses, as we get, like, <clears throat> when they were really needing water, Moses heard from the Lord, and he tapped the rock, and water comes shooting out of the rock. It's like, okay, and follow this. Now, water came up. <clears throat> water came out of the rock when he, <clears throat> he was told to hit it with his staff, to poke it with his staff. Water came out of the rock in uh, Jesus in 4 chapter John chapter 4 verse 10 the woman at the well he said to you if you would ask of me I would give you living water that you would never thirst again so the Hebrew children wandering in the desert in desperate need of of water and Moses was acting in obedience and out of that rock came gushing water. <clears throat> John 7.38 says, Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Now, Pastor Matthew ended up bringing a message and, and did an activation early on in the message Friday night where he was talking about where is the presence of God in us? It's pretty much in the center of our being. And, and, and Pastor Matthew, he said, okay, everybody, we want to just walk, do an activation and have an experience right here. And I want you to just put your hand on your stomach and release... <laughs> like the pump to get the water going, that living water that's flowing within us, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. He said, let's just activate that. Put your hand on your stomach right now, and let's just call on Holy Spirit, which he did. And it was so, so, so cool. Last night, um, Augustine, we were having dinner together, and he said, man, Pastor Lynn, you know, that was an amazing meeting that we had Friday night, that men's meeting. And he said, you know, I was having some major pain in my stomach. 
And he said, as soon as we did that, as soon as Pastor Matthew had his, put her hand on her stomach, he said, the pain was all gone. <laughs> and, and he said, and I felt the presence of God, like, manifest right there. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And <clears throat> so Pastor Matthew talking about the living water that we have and releasing that living water. And, and uh, Pastor Dina was telling me just a couple days ago, she goes, whoa, I just had this vision and revelation of a rock, a stone, a burning stone within me, a burning stone within me, and that stone would be there to... <laughs> That stone would be there for the equipping of others so that because of that stone, what that burning stone within me would do, she said, it's like when something's burning or, or a hot stone. I, I think of uh, a couple times we have ended up doing a roast pig where they dig a big hole and build a fire in it and get rocks hot, throw a pig on top of it, wrapped up, and, and that stone will cook that pig. You ever had that before? Yeah, that's pretty cool how that actually works. But she was saying, I, I almost seen where somebody could actually throw a, a stake on top of that really hot stone and it would be cooked to perfection. I was like, oh my goodness, that just sounds like the gift that's given to the church of the fivefold ministries for the perfecting of the saints into the stature of the perfect man in Jesus, which is Jesus Christ. It's like, whoa, how cool is that? Once again, the stone, the, the stone, the stone. And then I was thinking even more about that. It's like, what happens when, if like you try to put a full, something that's full of water on top of heat? That's why there's a pop-off valve on, on, on a water heater because it builds so much pressure that, that something has to go. That's where we go around out of your belly flowing rivers of living water and just letting the goodness of God leak out all over the place. Where we are the carriers of his glory with the gifts that he's given us Gifts that are for the perfecting of the saints. How many saints do we have out here today? Oh my goodness, we have got to do some work on this section. <laughs> Let me try that again. How many saints do we have in this section? Saints, 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 saints. Ah, there. I feel better all over. But like, when it's, I mean, even uh, in Timothy, Paul talks about, you know, young Timothy, stir up the gift that's within you. And uh, John 3.16 says, Jesus will baptize with Holy Spirit and with fire. Jesus will baptize with Holy Spirit and with fire. And when you get that fire going, boiling that water up, well, that's when we're cooking. It's time to go around and just start spilling out on everybody. 
Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And where does that come from? From that spirit of God that's living in you, living in me. Because Jesus is the rock of our salvation. I just want to read to you Psalms 18. Last Psalms 18, verse 2. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Let's stand together. Father God, I thank you <laughs> that you are our rock. You are our salvation. In you do we trust. In Hebrews, it says, anything that can be shaken will be shaken, but the unshakable kingdom of God will prevail. We thank you for your unshakable kingdom, which is at hand for each and every one of us that want to reach out and open the door and let you in. I say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come, fill by your Spirit. Stir up the gifts within us that we will <laughs> be full to overflowing. Then say, fire of God, come. Fire of God, come. Fire of God, come. Together. Fire of God, come. Stir up. Cook up. Heat up all that is within me, that I may do and be everything that you've called me to. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we have a prayer team up here. If anybody needs prayer this morning, if you need healing in your body, I believe that God's already been touching people, healing people. We saw hands raised of, uh, of pain levels that have decreased, feeling a difference. If you've never, ever, ever asked Jesus Christ to be Lord and Savior of your life, to be your guide, your protector, your heavenly Father, I just encourage you, come, come, come. There's people up here that would love to pray for you, that will work through it with you. And if you need healing in your body or you need prayer for anything, come on down. God is waiting for you, and there's a prayer team that's so willing, able, and desiring to pray with you. God bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you, and give you his peace that surpasses any level of our understanding. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. God bless you all.